0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtonomedia.com.
1: Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM.
2: This is 92.5 Phoenix FM. Community radio for Dublin 15. Everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor
0: on the Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to um, thewrestlingrubind.com, Nerd to no Media, uh, near to no Media uh, on the, the YouTubes, the Facebooks, all that kind of stuff, and of course Phoenix at 2.5 FM and the True Penny Channel. We are everywhere, you have no excuse to not listen other than you don't want to waste your time talking about pay-per-views from about 20 years ago. Uh, my name is Daryl O'Connor and I'm going to apologise in advance, this is not a very good show. I mean our show's great, pay-per-view isn't very good, so we're going to do our best to try and, and guide you through what is indeed probably the worst period of WWE. If you can believe it, actually, um, it, it's just, I, I forgot how bad this period was. And I, I, was back after this, um, watching wrestling. And I just remember hating it because I was just as I was about, I think I was in fifth year in school. And, um, that for American listeners, that's the last year before you're finally, or before you go away to college or whatever. Um, and yeah it's cyber sunday 2006 so it's just after ecw has come back which is a whole arc in and of itself um and yeah john cena is winning you know cena wins lulz but it is interesting to see how much has changed within a year but with all that said uh, last week we did a four we did about four hour show so if you guys haven't checked that out absolutely go and check that out i actually split it into two shows it was that long um so we have our our normal news and then we have I think it's like a two-and-a-half-hour breakdown of Cyber Sunday, Sunday 2005. Um, so, yeah. Taboo Tuesday. Was it? Oh, sorry, Taboo Tuesday yeah. 2005. I, this I, this I is I the first to to Cyber so Sunday. I tried to forget the show so much that <laughs> I forgot the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the first Cyber Sunday, but to help me uh, walk through this very murky uh, field is the one, the only, you love him, you know him, Mr. Martin Hardy. How do you guys, Martin?
1: Not a bother, Dara. I'm in that. Uh, I'm in that kind of lull, that purgatory between. Um, do you know when you've really gotten into a series and you're yeah. you, you kind of watching, you know, maybe two episodes every night? So yeah. we started watching. I don't know if you've ever heard of Yellowstone.
0: Mm.
1: Brilliant I show. Have it's I
0: have got
1: two prequels one called 1923 and one called 1883 Yeah. so we set, we did all of 1883 and all of 1923 and then there's five seasons of Yellowstone so wow. we've been watching this for maybe the past two months like every night and we finished it last night and then this evening me and the the missus sat down with the dinner in front of the telly and we looked at it and we were just like what what do we do now like <laughs> What is what is life? <laughs> so we're we're in that lull between uh, between programs to watch. That's if fair. you have any recommendations,
2: um, actually I'm not watching anything at the moment, so I don't really have any uh, recommendations. Um, well, upload is quite good. Um, I don't know if you've seen uh, Utopia. Utopia is really oh, good.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was very good.
2: Um, I did pretty much all mr robots really good as well uh um,
1: oh i haven't I haven't watched it i might give it a go
2: yeah they're all really good series on amazon prime amazon prime gets kind of gets overlooked because everybody's like oh yeah you know it's you know it, it it's it, it's what free shipping is i'm like no actually the streaming service is quite good and you're not affected as well by the north south thing so you actually get amazon prime without a vpn i have to like vpn so it works um, oh whenever i very first annoying.
1: Whenever I first got Amazon Prime, I, I had to have it out with them. It kept putting me, because we're in the North, it kept putting me in limbo. It was giving me the worst of Ireland and the worst oh. of Britain.
2: Like, it wasn't. <laughs> it just knew. It's like, this guy we're going to screw completely. <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: just going to mess with this guy. <laughs> Um, But we got it sorted out in the end. And look, look, even if you've if you've nothing else to watch, at least we had, we had Sabre Sunday.
2: Yeah, I will say if you're a Power Rangers fan, the Power Rangers 30th anniversary dropped, so go back and watch that.
1: Oh, it's the originals, is it?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, it's like, it's the 30th anniversary of the original cast, but the team is made up of, like, the first and second generation. So it's quite good. It's actually surprisingly good.
1: Oh, yeah, Yeah. check that. Sheer nostalgia alone. I, I remember when the Power Rangers started, like... The, like the first series ever. Yeah. Um. I remember it coming on to the den, and it was actually one of those shows that um it was the first time I'd ever seen it that they were like hyping up that this show was coming. Really? Uh, yeah. It was the first time I've ever seen them like really promote that a show was coming. See, I don't um, remember.
2: I think I was like four, so I don't really remember the hype. I just remember watching it. I don't remember like the hype around it.
1: Yeah, no, no. I was, I would have been seven. So I, um, yeah, I, I kind of vividly remember well, Power Rangers coming on.
2: Oh, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, that's there, and I'd recommend that. So not as good as Yellowstone. Well, maybe to some people, but uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely better than this show, Cyber Sunday, two
1: thousand six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look, an, an, an aggressively average show
2: yeah but there are some like good points to it i would have to say it seems like they've actually well this felt like a pay-per-view first and foremost right so hold on i'm gonna gonna do the boring stuff first so the 5th of november 2006 from cincinnati ohio in the u.s bank arena and the attendance was still seven (laughs) thousand. that's like consistent the buy rate was actually a lot more it was two hundred twenty eight thousand, and the original post
1: significant it was actually even higher than that year's
2: no mercy yeah it was the, like it actually felt like a pay-per-view
1: that's that is the first note i have down here it
2: actually it, no, you're joking
1: i swear to god because okay. um do you remember we talked about uh how the first taboo tuesday felt like a like a dying days of wcw show yeah and then the second taboo tuesday felt like a house show yeah this uh, is the first one that feels like a, it comes in and the camera sweeps around and there's a huge audience and, you know, they've got the lighting and the sound right. And um, yeah, do you remember it was, we had issues with the production? The production just fell yeah.
2: off. And, and this actually feels like a proper, proper pay-per-view. However, yeah. there is still people holding up Cyber Sunday signs. Could be the same guy. He's <laughs> like, oh, my Taboo Tuesday signs out of date. Let me refresh it. Why? Why are you doing that? We know what pay per view we are. We're watching it. Do you think like do you think those are maybe like comp
1: seats and they go, All right, yeah, we can move you down the front, but you have to hold this up.
2: I still don't understand why. I mean we know what show we're watching. Yeah, but it's like
1: look, I think WWE when it comes to market and just can't help themselves, like whenever you log on to the network and you try to watch a program you're on the network. You're paying for the network. You're trying to watch a program on the network, and you have to sit and watch an ad for the network. It's. it's
2: yeah, no, like, I know. I mean, okay, that's kind of silly in and of itself. But like, these are like homemade signs. It wasn't it didn't look like that sign was made by anybody. It's just I don't know. Sorry, it's just. Listen, folks, I'm gonna be real for a moment. If you go to a show and you bring a sign, please God, have your sign say anything else other than the show you're watching.
1: Or an advert for your podcast.
2: Or an ad for your podcast. You know, I mean, anything else. It could be anything else. Um, and, and
1: have fun with, like, mad. some of these sayings we have seen have been, I mean, obviously there's been the the really terrible ones, but some of yeah. them have been hilarious. Been really some of them have been inventive. Some of them are really, like, physically clever. Like, there's a really good one. It doesn't appear in the show, but it appears in a video package in this show where someone has a saying with Ric Flair's face on it, and he's saying woo, but they can pull the side of the sound out, and the woo goes on for like 20 O's, <laughs> you know, it comes out, comes out the side of it longer and longer.
2: There's a good one here, actually, when the show just starts, and it says the new Wham. Now, I don't know what it actually means, <laughs> but they actually made, they have like the record of Wham, and I think it's Triple H and Shawn Michaels, but I can't really see it. So I mean that's confusing but look at least that required effort and it's on that, it's like literally behind Jerry King Lawler. So look that's that's the first thing I wanted to say um JR is back the king is back so obviously uh, Joey Styles is gone he's working on WDB.com, ironically enough at this point. Or actually, no. Sorry, he's on he's on ECW at this point. Sorry, I
1: was going to ask. Yeah, did they send yeah. him to WWE C W?
2: They did. They did. He was the the lead play by play until uh, he wasn't, and then he went and worked in WWE.com, and that's where he's been ever since. He,
1: he couldn't take it anymore. Oh, is he still what? He's still there. Yeah. Oh, fair play. Do yeah. you know? I like when um, I like when you hear about some wrestler from years gone by who's who you haven't seen, but. They're not gone. They're, they're backstage working as an agent or working. Yeah,
2: on... it's, it's like all the TNA lads. They're all just like agents, though. Yeah,
1: weren't you saying uh, Abyss, Abyss puts together loads of matches?
2: Yeah, Abyss, Jeremy Borash. Um...
1: I see they've, they've parted ways with Road Dog.
2: Recently, have they?
1: I think I think I saw re- recently that he wasn't uh, an agent anymore.
2: Oh, not former number one contender. I was just about to
1: say, how could you lose that kind of experience? <laughs> he went, he went toe to toe with the Rock. Hold
2: the on, he went title. one on, he went one on one with the Great One. How dare you, the
1: Great One? At the, <laughs> at, the, at the height of the Great One's popularity, like,
2: Absolutely. just some, um, some
1: say that there would be no Rock if it wasn't for Road Dogg.
2: I I would be one of them. I'd believe it.
1: Yeah, and you here know? you have to you have to say as well, Rock was uh, this young up and coming gay, and Road Dogg, the veteran. He he put him over. You know, he, he did.
2: He did. He, he, I, some would argue he made The Rock.
1: Some would. <laughs> so, yeah, they're the wrong. There's all sorts of lunatics out there.
2: <laughs> I have to say, the bit that got me uh, when this show opened, the king for the first time ever has a laptop in front of him. you think they would have like <laughs> done that sooner. But then again, I got my first laptop in like 2006, like my laptop, 2007 really. So I'm like, okay, that tracks. But it's like, you it's think he didn't in- know what it was? Do you think he
1: just got there and production had put it there? And he like, yeah, cause he, hey, who left their skinny lunchbox on the desk?
2: <laughs> when he see, he's so awkward with it that it's like there's no way that's yours. <laughs> like he's just like pointed at it and like afraid to touch it, and it's just like, nah, that, that, you don't even know what that does, which is a good thing because imagine if he did. Well, uh, obviously it
1: it. it <laughs> oh yeah. He'd be be very distracted in the middle of the matches. JR would be calling the action and (laughs) Lawler would be like, what's this prawn hub?
2: (laughs) So yeah, um, oh man, but the the, the crowd shots here, this is like properly just the weird, because it's not the attitude era. It's it's the weird post-WWE, pre-PG era kind of thing. And the crowd is so bizarre.
1: I think so this is because this is actually one of the notes I have here. So I swear to God, folks, me and Dara do not discuss these shows before we come in the air. But y- that's not
2: one of your lines, as well, is it? No, yeah. Yeah. Oh I my have,
1: God. I have done that. This is the start of the PG era because you can. There's a difference in. Okay, so there's a difference in the way the women's match is treated. Yeah. There's a difference in the way the voting around
2: the women's treated. Yeah. Lawler has clearly been told to handle completely, yeah, yeah and I mean, and you can even and it's reflected in the crowd because it's not just wrestling fans, it's not just teenagers, it's like young kids and moms, and like it's just such and, a yeah, it's such a weird crowd because it's like when we watch these in vacuums, we just see kind of the overall presentation of it, and they've really been like, you know what, no, actually, we're gonna like really just make this much more. I don't want to use family friendly because wrestling has always kind of been family friendly, friendly in that way. Even when it hasn't been, it still has that um, perception. But this is like, okay, you're getting, you know, this is a Sunday after church kind of crowd. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Has the company gone public by two thousand six? Dude, the company was public in nineteen ninety
1: nine. Right. So this is this show struck me as being very safe very corporate
2: yeah very... No, they just they just wanted to make a bowl out of money
1: yeah but and go out and hit the numbers but none of the well none of the attitude really you actually yeah. see it even in the way like
2: dx well hold on have... I, before we get into that yeah you know the you know the so again yeah, we don't discuss this beforehand. We literally say, Hey, what's up? and then we hit record. Um, so I have no idea what's in your notes, Martin. But you know when it hit me that what you're saying is on the money. The stage, and the stage actually did look great. The physical sets just look so much better than yeah. The the humunculus of like digitized graphics. That never looks good. I'm sorry. If you like it, Grant, I I will always take a physical set. And oh it's, yeah, a hundred percent. And it's it's a cool set right but it's a it's basically an apple mac desktop yeah and that's where i'm like oh that screams corporate you know like mac products i like mac products i do but you know they're not going for like the sketchy pc they're not going for the dodgy laptop they're going no for the all white um pretty inside stuff and it was a cool way of doing it but it was like right no we're gonna. Put this, this forward as big is this su- possible.
1: is this subtle sponsorship before the the dove head first into the likes of the Mountain Dew street fight. <laughs>
2: no, I don't even I don't even think it's that
1: <laughs> Cheerio's death match. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the hell to cell brought to you by Coca Cola. <laughs> um, no, I don't even think it's that. I think it's more the the, the clean aesthetics which is what Mac always has, you know, what Apple always has that kind of super clean, super sleek and the grittiness is gone. And that's what this stage really kind of shows, you know, like the other two, they were good attempts. You know, we made fun of it, really, because, you know, Triple H would always walk in the middle of it. But (laughs) this seems to be much, much more um, on the money, well thought out. And I love the fact that the video does play on the, the tower. It actually looks really cool. So. It seems like this is the most developed concept of it, but by it being so developed, the grittiness is gone.
1: Yeah, this is very... This looks like the start of the process that ended up with what we have now, which is a very polished, very plastic, almost...
2: That's the word I was looking for.
1: Cartoonish. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for,
2: polish. Yeah,
1: and this looks like the start of... Of sort of that uh, journey, yeah, um
2: still that, signs though still signs, and s- it's still you know.
1: signs and still an element of like you're you're still getting the you can hear the the push and pull between the fans who hate scene and the fans yeah. who love scene, and you know I,
2: um how to say, so um, the actual hosting is quite cool, Maria's one of the hosts this year, along with
1: <laughs> Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Maria. Maria's outfit is um, very expressive for someone who hops and bounces about as much as she does when she's talking. Indeed, not to not to uh, channel the <laughs> the spirit of Jerry Lawler or anything, but it's <laughs> it's hard not to notice.
2: No, that's fair. That's fair. So the first mat- match of the night is a it's. <laughs> Actually, the first real match of the night, I'm sad we missed. It's super crazy who defeated Rob Conway.
1: Oh, was there a dark match?
2: There was a dark match, yeah. And we didn't get to see uh, Discount, Buff, Bagwell.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, I, mi- I actually, because he was on the uh, previous Taboo Tuesday, wasn't he?
2: He was, yeah, he was.
1: Oh, when he walked out I was like, What? They brought buff back. <laughs> they they opened the, the, the company Forbidden up voting and the people wanted buff. <laughs> it's like oh it's wish dot com buff.
2: Yeah, no, they went they went and got the discount one. Um so no, it's a MAGA uh going against Kane and the choices were Chris Benoit or Sandman. And it sucks because, I mean, I think I was voting at this point. Um and I'd vote for Sandman because, like, I mean, anyone was better than Kane. Like, legitimately, again, this is still all real. It's not fixed. You had the US champion in Chris Benoit, and then you had Sandman, who looked so insane that, you're like, you have even, to vote. Even more so
1: than his, like,
2: ECW hit it. Yeah, he was properly- Yeah, he was, like, milling himself in the head. Now, to be fair, he wasn't hitting himself very hard with the, with the kendo stick, but still, hard but enough.
1: It was, the, it was the A's were, like, <laughs> bulging out of his head so much you think they were going to pop like, it looks
2: like he was about to cry
1: it's actually I was see I still don't know if I fully believe how um, how truthful they are about the audience voting thing because I can't imagine anyone voting to see Kane at, at this stage of his career because Umaga Benoit would have been an amazing mix of styles match and Umaga uh, Sandman Would have been an awesome You know Killer versus lunatic Match
2: But Remember A lot of kids Are voting this Yeah And Benoit
1: 16 million Of them This time around Apparently
2: Yeah Benoit really isn't
1: He's, he's I, A wrestling no, fans wrestling no I was
2: going to say He isn't kid friendly And then I'm like <laughs> 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 Yeah I I know yeah I'm just kind of trying to push it away <laughs> like um yeah but he is a wrestler's fat, again. the 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 man, the wrestler Benwell not the the man um yeah he is not he's a wrestler's pick right yeah. and Sandman would have been like a fun pick but if you're a kid at this point Kane is who is he's the name right so yeah. I think this was always going to be the plan what's interesting about this one is the match itself isn't great Umaga gets the win, which is surprising, and and was really good. Like so,
1: and amazing. Um, he's on his killer run at this stage, so it was a good, it was good booking. Like it was. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the match was kind of uh, was the the problem with some of these B level pay per views is they hype it up as a pay per view. But to me, a pay-per-view is supposed to be like, you know, the culmination of, you know, series of stories or or like major points in a series of stories where a lot of these just felt like raw matches.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the thing with this was it's what was selling this show really was the the interactivity of it. You know, the match itself, it's great until it got in the ring. And that's kind of the problem. Once it was in the ring, pretty much consistently, with the exception of maybe two matches all of them are very, very standard punch, kick, punch, kick, punch, kick, finish. Uh,
1: the other thing and it's just interesting you're talking there about how the interactivity is the selling point of this. Yeah, I think you I think you're right. And there is a kernel of a good idea here. And while Cyber Sunday, you know, it does look better than Taboo Tuesday. They're still not using this idea to its full Potential, like they're, the fan, right? It's interactive. Let's just take them at the word. It's interactive, and the results are real. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. They're not giving people particularly exciting options. Like they're not giving people the option to vote for something
2: that we would never see otherwise. What well, he did? Sandman versus Omega. That, yeah, I suppose that's weird. They didn't vote for it. They voted for Kane. But but even that, like that's just I don't know. I just feel like with
1: this firstly with the interactivity of it and secondly with the fact that this is the early days of the internet people are really excited about this yeah um i just think there was an opportunity here to make these pay-per-views really big like make them one of the big big five or big six like the one time a year when you get to decide but the only way that that captures the audience's like imagination is if you give them real like outlandish or surprising options, you know, like either a match type that they've never seen before, or, you know, bringing in some big, like either independent wrestler or someone who's not in the company, you know, for one night only, or just something different, but you're just getting to vote on variations of matches between raw wrestlers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Also, did you cop the Canyon sign in the middle of this match? I did. Yeah, who better? <laughs> yeah, who better than Canyon? Exactly. Um, is
1: yeah, is Canyon? Is he still with us at this stage, or?
2: Yeah, he is, but he. I think he's gone from WWE for quite some time at this point. Yeah,
1: Canyon. Um, yeah, you f- you forget because he. Okay, partly because most of it happened in WCW and he wasn't particularly well used in WWE, and then partly because he was never like the top, top level guy. Yeah. Like apparently he was really, um, uh, really important in terms of ingenuity when it came to developing moves and developing matches. He was like really well respected backstage.
2: There's also a sign that says, Remember, remember the 5th of November. Which, I mean, it is the 5th of November, but they're in... <laughs> Where are that... they? Where are they? They're in Ohio. <laughs> it's like, okay.
1: Well, well, hold on, hold on. Let me... Uh... So this is 2006. Yeah. And the film V for Vendetta
2: oh, was, 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 was released.
1: It? Released 2005,
2: yeah. Ah, no, okay, that makes sense. I was so just like, well, wow. a... he's just a big fan. Oh, no, it
1: only came out in the US in uh, 2006.
2: Oh, then it must have just come out. So
1: maybe, maybe it's a reference to to for data. I'd, so. I'd say so. One of my favourite films.
2: Yeah, it is fantastic. The comic, it's actually better than the comic book, I'll be honest it's with you.
1: One of those rare ones, yeah, where, where the, at the very least it lives up to the, to the source material.
2: No, absolutely. Um, yeah, but look, this match, it, you know, it was Umaga's killer run. So he was always winning, and I mean it's kind of interesting if he had gone against Benoit, and it, it might have been for the title. I don't think it would have been, but maybe putting the belt on him would have been a really good decision.
1: Yeah, and do you know what? I think when you have a guy on a killer run, um, he actually can elevate those mid card titles by going yeah. on a on a rail run. Like one of the one of the things that they did. So brilliantly um with the TNT title in its first two years was they made it the, the workhorse title, the champions title. It was defended all the time yeah. um in these top quality matches. And then for the last two years of the TNT title, it's been kind of hot shotted around and moved about and it's lost a lot of its prestige because of that. Yeah. Um so yeah, sticking sticking the the belt on a on a guy who was about to go on a killer run. Would have been would have been
2: awesome. But the finish here was quite interesting as well. Like, yeah, there was some shenanigans outside, but it was a clean win. Yeah, Kane, Kane goes to the top. Uh, there's a little bit of interference, but then he does. Uh, he he goes for the flying clothesline, which was his thing at the time. What um, what do
1: you make of? So in terms of a oh sorry yeah go ahead give the finish
2: there. Sorry yeah, and then it sets up the Simone, Simone spike, which is a thumb to the throat, and that gets the that gets the the one two three.
1: So that's what I was going to ask. In terms of the like clean win, yeah. So the Samoan spike, yeah. That's a very, very heavily taped thumb yeah. that he's using. You know, yeah. yeah. What's your thoughts on that? In terms of you know uh, foreign objects and you know using weapons in the ring, do you think that crosses the line or no? I think
2: it's, it's I think it's up there with Roman Reigns' uh vest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or D'Lo or, or Brown's be- uh, vest. Like he wore that doing the frog splash.
1: That's
2: true. Yeah. There was actually, there was
1: a, uh, I can't remember if it was just fans discussing it or if it actually came up on the shows. But do you remember there was a whole thing where Kurt Angle choked somebody out with the strap of his singlet? And he yeah. was arguing that because it was his gear and he wore it into the ring,
2: No it wasn't
1: a foreign object because like you kick someone with your boot but that's not counted as a
2: Yeah, it's not a foreign object, but it's also unsport unsport thing as well.
1: Yeah, but you know. I
2: mean it's not a foreign object, but like okay. It okay, that's what it's like. It's like in hockey, right? Like a real sport. Um in hockey you're allowed to hit you're allowed to hit people as much as you want, but you're not allowed to hit them with your stick. Yeah. So I think it's kind of the same thing. Do you know? I think
1: one of my, I think we might have had a similar discussion to this before. Um, you've probably blocked out of your mind because it was during our WCW arc. Oh, then I do totally you remember? Have. Go on. <laughs> so the cat used to come out to the ring barefoot, right? Okay. And he would he would wrestle barefoot. Right. And then whenever he was cheating, what his valet would do is his valet would slip a shoe into the ring. And he'd put the shoe on and do one of his karate kicks, kick the guy with the shoe, and then quickly take the shoe off and throw it out before the referee saw it.
2: But you're allowed to wear shoes. <laughs> but also, I mean, if you're going to kick someone, I'd rather kick someone barefoot because you can get you... Oh, That's so stupid, I totally forgot about it. Um... Yeah, he used to he used to cheat by putting the shoe on, but like I was like the other guy came down to the rigging in, in his shoes. Yeah, but I mean, if you uh, look, if you are going to karate kick someone, it's better to be barefoot because you have you're using the full bone. Oh God, that's so stupid.
1: Do you know? And do you know, it wouldn't even it wouldn't have even bothered me if he was throwing like like a hobnail boot
2: or yeah, like or a boot or something, yeah. a steel toe cap or
1: something, or a stiletto into the ring. I'd hate to be karate kicked with a stiletto.
2: Absolutely. But,
1: but um, no, it was just like a nice red velvet shoe.
2: If anything that yeah, as I said, if anything that's making his ability to kick worse, he's handicapping himself.
1: Oh my god, WCW!
2: Oh, they didn't think that one true. They did not think that one true at all.
1: Um, uh, strange, because oh. everything else was usually on point, but uh, rare—a <laughs> rare WCW nonsense
2: there. So speaking of nonsense, we have uh, a, a slice into the abyss that was. Tag Team Wrestling On Raw
1: Oh my god
2: We had uh, Returning favourites Lance Cade And Trevor Murdoch Charlie Haas And Viscera Teaming together For some reason In pyjamas Well
1: Haas Insisted he teamed With Viscera Because he just Didn't want to wrestle him
2: I mean, that's totally fair. You have to learn from <laughs> like, the, Undertaker.
1: Like the Undertaker. Absolutely, you have to learn from The Undertaker. Vissera just thought he was the most popular guy in the company. Vince would come out and be like, we need someone to team with Viscera." and every hand
2: would go off. <laughs> Everybody would jump in. I'm like, I want that. Um, so yeah, uh, Viscera was doing his uh, big, big vis. love our gimmick. Um, so that's why they're all dressed in pajamas, and it's all very, very weird. Um, very, very weird. Um, yeah, but then we have Crime Time, which doesn't age well to say the very least. And then we have a team that I've been referencing for ages, which I don't think you believed was real—the Highlanders. I couldn't couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah, very.
2: So so this is now. I will
1: admit, this is the period when I was not watching.
2: But so this so this gimmick, right? These are actual Highlanders from like 13th, 14th century Scotland who are transported to modern America. That's the gimmick.
1: That's the gimmick. That's the gimmick. They explicitly say this. Yeah. All right, folks. So whenever we're done with uh, the Cyber Sunday arc, you're gonna have to tune in for our Highlanders arc.
2: <laughs> I'm watching this in day. Good. It's not good. It's terrible. It's really not good. And then, yeah. So look, this this ma- match was a Texas tornado match, right? And I mean, look, that probably was the best pick. The others were just not interesting. Too too bad. But it, it resulted in one of the messiest matches I have ever seen
1: and only four minutes long
2: it was an absolute train wreck but crime time we're super over look the gimmick doesn't age well fair enough but it was super over like these guys are like new age outlaws over is crime time
1: is that is one of those lads the fella who drowned saving his son
2: the The large lad yeah Right, and, the, right. and, the other, and the other guy wrote two books about how he managed to keep his job in wwe because he was on he was on payroll for like 10 years and was and never used just you know was hanging out so so this match
1: yeah uh, it, it only went four minutes it was like you say it was a sloppy mess it was nothing um viscera now, so like this was during the period when i wasn't watching but see even when the room periods where i haven't watched i've yeah. kind of kept up with it in the background like i could tell you who people are yeah viscera was the only one here i actually recognized <laughs> um <laughs> uh, <and when laughs> so i i wasn't prepared for for what the whole gimmick is with crime time <laughs> so, so when the match is over crime time go over to the to the announce desk they, do. they start like like talking smack with jr and um and uh jerry lawler but yeah. it's a distraction yeah. so that one of them can nick lawler's laptop yeah and okay so i'm watching this going this feels faintly racist but <laughs> but uh, it'll probably It'll probably lead into a story later on in the night. Like it'll be part of something. There's something on the laptop, or they use the laptop to manipulate phone. There'll be there'll be a reason for this later on in the night. No. Nope. No, just the two black guys
2: nicked the laptop. That's yep. That's the gimmick. <laughs> that's, it. that's the gimmick, and they <laughs> that's actually all the rest. To... <laughs> they a hundred percent, hundred percent steal that laptop. That's yeah. <laughs> and then dance away. But I was looking at him going, "You fool." You took it without the
1: charger. You're going to have to spend 30 quid on a charger for that now.
2: That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but, poor, uh, poor, poor Jerry Lawler. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't even go after them. He just, like, sits there and, you know. But anyway, so that that's a thing that happened. And that gimmick was incredibly well, over. Well, he couldn't go after them
1: because, famously, McMahon wouldn't let you leave the desk. Isn't that ah, a score? It's fair. There's a story of one of the uh, commentators urinating at the desk.
2: Really? Because
1: McMahon was screaming in the rear that they weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed to leave the desk.
2: Oh wow! <laughs> and so then it cuts backstage to Shawn Michaels battling a laptop. Apparently, in this universe, none of them actually know how to use a computer. Which <laughs> fair enough. I mean, it, Shawn Michaels' feud with technology has been well documented. In, in meme form and uh yeah it, they're talking about so who who should they pick to be the referee and they decide eric bischoff is the most um is the best one to pick because bischoff you know they haven't done anything on bischoff yet uh the team music is real bad um then it comes oh, wh- to the lads who made it with their big emo fringes and it's like oh i remember that that wasn't good now, hold on. Go on so there's
1: um I want to discuss something about this pay per view that I actually enjoyed.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: so the wee backstage segments and skits and that through the night. Oh, yeah. Some of these were genuinely really good. They were. So, Shawn Michaels and and Triple H, uh, like you said, they they say, oh, we'll go with Eze for the referee because we haven't we haven't uh, like done anything yet that would make him biased against us. Yeah. Um, and then Triple H says, although. You know, Eric says he's the king of controversy. He says we don't know anything about controversy, and Michaels takes exception to this, and he references the Montreal screw job, and he references how uh, Triple H is banging the the boss's daughter, and then he walks down, <laughs> he walks down the hallway, and there's just these these like production guys out with their with their headsets, and they're going through notes, and they're just mind. <laughs> Own business and he walks out the hallway shouting about controversy and super kicks every one of them he <laughs> on does the way, on the way down I genuinely i thought that was funny and there's a couple of these segments during the night like there's a segment later on with booker t and john cena that i thought was genuinely funny and so there's if you're like do you know normally we'd say um look it's a bad pay-per-view but watch Watch the Intercontinental Title match, it's really good. Yeah. Um there's no particular match on this pay per view that I'd say is great, but give it a go for the wee skits and stuff.
2: The wee skits are, are pretty yeah, good. Yeah, like the, the skits are kind of are kind of what, what carry the show through um the the doldrums of it really, you know? Yeah. Um okay, so the next match is uh, Jeff Hardy with the IC belt. Um and he's picked to go against Carlito Now the choices for this were Shelton Benjamin and Johnny Nitro Shelton Benjamin should have been the pick here And Johnny Nitro He's had incredible matches with Jeff Hardy I was disappointed It wasn't Johnny Nitro I was very disappointed that it wasn't anybody but Carlito Don't get me wrong I And this is what I'm saying I do not for one moment doubt That these Picks were legit but a lot of very stupid kids, but you know, were voting. And he went for yeah. Toledo, who was the most uh, cartoonish out of all them.
1: Like we're we're wrestling fans in our thirties, and we're going, who'd be the best match? But obviously, the kids are looking at the guy with the cool hair who spits apples in people's faces.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, we were in our late teens when this was out. Mid teens, late teens. Um, yeah, I. This whole era is very disappointing for stuff like that. Um, it is genuinely disappointing. And the match itself, as a result, is not very good. Um, did,
1: you did, uh, <laughs> did you notice that? Uh, and I don't know if they were doing it deliberately or not, but I thought it was strange because Jeff Hardy is really popular at this time. Yeah, And the camera keeps framing it so that when he stood in the ring... Right behind him, you can see the gay in the audience holding up a huge sign that just says, Jeff Hardy sucks.
2: (laughs) I didn't notice it. No,
1: yeah, I just thought it was so strange because, like, if you were to try and name someone in that era who was kind of universally beloved in WWE, like, Jeff Hardy would be one of the names.
2: Not to this guy. He was like, that (laughs) Jeff Hardy fella. Said it too easy for too long <laughs> But no I did Speaking of random things in the crowd There was some Elfla in the crowd At the end like just near the end of the match And he's on the phone Just talking just Having a phone call <laughs> At ringside he's, he's, he's,
1: on, he's on the phone to Meltzer Giving him the, giving him the he's update He's in
2: the front row He's just like "Yep, yeah, I'm at Cyber Sunday <laughs> he's, just, he's for, for the, that, Pretty much for the, for the entire like run of the last match He's just on that phone. It's hilarious. He's,
1: he's given a, a play-by-play to Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: um, so I'm funny. actually...
1: So, like... Uh, I'm, I'm touch wood here because I haven't got my ticket yet. But um, uh, the AEW's Wembley show yeah. is going to be my first ever live wrestling. I mean, apart from, like, Irish Indies and stuff like that. Hold on. Like,
2: w- when is it?
1: August twenty
2: seventh. Yeah, so WWE are like in in the in the Tree Arena in like June. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah, they're 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 touring again, but it's it's different. Going to see a house show as? Oh yeah, yeah, going to see this. But
1: um, so like, I'm I'm kind of feeling the pressure in terms of really, you know, should I bring a scene And then I've you know spent the past two years with you, like ripping the urine out of uh, out of everybody else's saints so, so if i bring one it's gonna to have to be genuinely good so what am i gonna you know
2: what what's gonna, gonna happen do? you're gonna put all the pressure into it and you're gonna be sitting there and it'll be five minutes before you have to go and you'll just write <laughs> Rampage, <Wembley Arena>. Rampage, <laughs> Dynamite, or just write wrestling wrestling <laughs> um
1: so uh, and he'd be like, uh, yeah. the prophecy
2: has been fulfilled.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is it, and now we'd be like, I'll be on the phone to you, going, "Dara, we gotta go back and and edit those shows." I understand these people now. <laughs> there's it. a lot of there's a lot of pressure when you're trying to write a scene when you know <laughs> it's going to be seen by millions of people. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> uh, okay, quick production now on like just a weird thing I noticed uh, on the show uh, in general. Right, so. They have Cyber Sunday, just flashing through, right? And then it's just revolutionary. And you're like, it's not though. You've done it for two years. It's not really revolutionary anymore.
1: Yeah, and you do you don't do it in wild with it.
2: No, like,
1: like do you remember Taboo Tuesday? Some of the options were like uh, a hardcore match.
2: A A no
1: a no holes barred match and a falls count anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That is the same thing.
2: No, the best was choose your weapon match. And it doesn't really matter because he's going to use anyone he wants anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Choose your
1: weapon (laughs) Oh, and the way they had them set up like out of those podiums with a chair and a pipe. It
2: was wonderful. I (laughs) missed those days. The halcyon days with Taboo Tuesday two thousand four. It
1: is mad that they didn't. Like they could have genuinely made this pay per view, this pay per view idea huge if they'd given people lunatic stuff. Like you're saying, look, we're going to have such and such go up against such and such tonight, and you get to decide what match it is. It's either going to be, you know, the ring is surrounded by piranha. You know the. (laughs) <laughs> the the turnbuckles are replaced with, I don't know, whoopee cushions. Just if they'd have come up with something mad for it that got people really excited. There is
2: fire everywhere.
1: Everything's on fire, referees on fire, the building is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> like and the two wrestlers are dressed as firemen and the (laughs) winner is the person who leads most people to the exit (laughs) just
2: just something uh, no here's a good one here's a good one right one of the choices is an empty arena match so everybody has to leave the arena I think that'd be hilarious and (laughs) everybody has to leave the arena like in the middle
1: of the show the wrestler who wins is the one who throws the most paying customers out of the arena.
2: It's called a bushering match. It's getting everybody out of the arena. (laughs) I was actually,
1: uh, I was training as a wrestler in Cork for Phoenix wrestling. And uh, we had one of our shows where the two guys batted each other um, all around the arena and then out the front door of the arena, and then out onto the main road in Cork, like the main uh, road into the city, and 400 people out following them, blocking the whole road, and then one of them gets hoofed over the edge of it, um, and near the into the river. It was one of the most mental things I've ever seen in wrestling, and it happened in front of like, a crowd of 400 locals <laughs> it was it was wild
2: Not unfortunately nothing like this happened on that show Eric Bischoff did come back though we haven't seen Eric Bischoff in a while um, he's now grey he's recovered from being shaved bald but he is completely grey now um, raided RKO which was a phenomenal tag team which wouldn't see the end of the year because uh, it, I think Orton got injured and that was kind of the end of it. Uh, Triple H would also be also be injured around this time as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, this obviously set up something else. RKO and and DA, DX had, like, a, a feud pretty much for about the entire year until injuries happened. Uh, it just wasn't good, though. Generally, I mean, this was a very meh match, you know, and it, it, I think it was the second biggest match of the night, but... Unfortunately I, I like everyone in this, but like everybody. But it was just not good. And I don't think like thankfully we didn't see Jonathan Coachman again. That was a small mercies. No. <laughs> um but I think what, what so one of the issues I had with this match
1: was um now there's no question the crowd was loving it. They were DX are wild over here. Like
2: you wouldn't believe.
1: Uh, like, unbelievably over. Yeah. But and I'm all for it, you know, milk the crowd, milk the cheers, all that. But the match was 18 minutes long. Yeah. But the whole segment from entrance to bell must have been 40, 45 minutes. Like the, you had the you had the voting section, mm. and then you had DX come into the ring. And then DX did this making different sides of the audience cheer thing for a couple of minutes. And then they had they had this. Um, in-ring promo, this long rambly in-ring promo that went on like full of kind of wee in-jokes and stuff, but it was very it was the kind of stuff wrestlers do in a house show, you know, like just having the crack and uh, and then uh, this was before you even had the other uh, rated RKO come in then you know, so this kind of dragged for me a little bit because it was 20 minutes before we got to the actual match
2: And Yeah, like that's kind of my problem with it as well. There was no, yeah, it was. I think if, the, if this had been on the other Cyber Sundays or the other Taboo Tuesdays, it would have kind of fit more in, but because it's like, oh no, actually, we're a real pay per view now, um, it just came off as, as you said, rambly and overindulgent. I, I that, wasn't,
1: that's I, exactly what it is. Overindulgent,
2: yeah, yeah, I just wasn't, I re- genuinely wasn't a fan of it. Um, I think it took. I think it took too much away from the show. And there could have been a match there. I mean, there really could have been. It seems like they were stalling for time. They were stalling for time.
1: Actually, there's some matches on this show that go four minutes. There's one that goes six minutes. Like, easily, they could have had either given those matches more time or they could have had another couple of wrestlers in here. Easy, uh, yeah. But look, I mean, again, we're reflecting on it as very different kinds of fans than the ones who were there and there's no denying that the audience in that arena at the time absolutely loved the the dx stuff
2: yeah they did and look i mean it made sense there were, look there really wasn't a lot to cheer at this point okay <laughs> so dx they were like yeah we're, we're gonna take whatever we can get and it's dx yeah, yeah. you know um so look the biggest mark and we, we are getting up to uh we are getting up to time almost, but the biggest mark difference, uh, we we'll probably have to leave it at this now in a second, but between what we've seen in Taboo Tuesday and what we've seen on Cyber Sunday is <laughs> it's so crazy because I mean the next the next match is Lita defeating Mickey James for the vacant women's championship, right? It's apples and there's no fulfill your fantasy match. There's no, no you know, it's just here's so this women is,
1: and they're going wrestle. This is where I was watching the pay-per-view and I was like, oh, we are well into the PG era here. So, Because it's even gone down to the level of, so firstly, it's an act, like you say, it's an actual match. It's not a fulfill your fantasy vote. Do you want to see them in G-strings or thongs?
2: Um, like, like the first Tablet Tuesday had two such matches.
1: Oh, yeah. and And was very blatant and Celebrated that this was not about the women as athletes, this was about showing as much flesh as you could, um, while not upsetting the sponsors. Um, so yeah, there's no fantasy, uh, no fantasy battle royale. Um, King uh, Jerry Lawler controls himself, (laughs) He, he does, he does, he rates very low on the Matt Menard growl scale. The whole way.
2: The whole I don't way even think he, I don't even think he could do it once. I don't think it'd be fair to say it's even on a scale.
1: Oh, it's a, if it is, it's it's a one. You know, it's a it's very low on the scale. And I noticed that even Mickey James. So her whole thing has always been she wears that skirt that is a glorified belt. Even she's changed her attire. Um, you know, so it's, it's, that, this match was the one that made me think, oh, we're, we're well into the PG era here.
2: Yeah, the only one who was who still flying that flag is Maria. She, yeah. She's <laughs> yeah. the only one flying that flag. Sure, um, yeah, when she's doing the, the sort of segments in between. Yeah. So, look, but the thing about it is, I mean, we did say this, that the work that those women did really, really set the table for real... Women's for a real women's division. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, like it, it's not just a thing that they say nowadays for Clout, it's okay, a little bit of that is true, but I mean, Lita and Mickey James pretty much yeah. and Tristratus built the women's division. Tristratus yeah. has, has just retired, and look nobody's,
1: nobody's gonna say it's a uh, that this is a five star match, but there's it's
2: not, but it's a it's pr- it, you know what, though. Here's the thing it's not a five star match, but it's probably the second best match on the card.
1: Oh, it's well, look, if not the
2: best match on the card, it's
1: definitely not, uh, it's definitely not in the bottom half if you're going no, to rank them. And there's some really good moments on it. Uh, Mickey James's uh, Hurricane Rana to the outside, like that was, uh, I mean, like they did it in a very safe manner, but it was pretty cool, you know. Um,
2: yeah, like and look, a lumberjack match, I don't really like this. Is a lumber match, I think it's the first time it was ever called that, which is kind of funny and cute, but at the same time, it's like. It it has so much personality to it. Like lumberjack matches I don't think have any personality because the lads take it far too seriously. Like there's bits where um I think Ariel is there from uh from ECW and she's like the vampire got one and she's just you know hamming it up completely out <laughs> there. And it's like, you know what, this is this is what's different, you know? Um so look, I would say if you're look if you had to pick one match from this, this is probably not a bad shout to go for this one. Uh, what did you
1: we, think of uh, the result? What do you think of Lito winning?
2: I think they needed to do that. I think they needed to have some kind of shock. And the reason why I say it is, it's one uh, edge isn't going to get the you know, didn't get like doesn't have a belt yet, and she's really kind of going in there with um, with the whole. Uh, RKO, thing. I don't know if, if you know that like her and Edge were really pushing the RKO rated R superstar thing, that's when this started it was around this time yeah. uh, so they needed a belt and he uh, Edge was feuding with Cena pretty much exclusively when he wasn't with with uh, Randy Orton so they needed some kind of prop and I think it made all the sense in the world because later on there's a reference to it and we can say it because we're just <laughs> we're, we're we're still on the radio for the next two minutes, but we will leave it there for a second. Uh, Martin, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here, uh, and then go on to the podcast exclusive?
1: No, just people get on the podcast because you are going to want to know what we're referencing here. So yes, we can't, say.
2: we can't. We you
1: know <laughs> it's, basically, it's the only point... point in the pay per view where the drugs slightly wore off, <laughs> and King allowed himself yes. to be King for yes. for about for about. Four and a half seconds yes. before before JR jabbed him with the syringe again and he yeah. calmed back down.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that exactly in my notes as well. <laughs> so, folks, we're going to leave you there with that because, I mean, you don't want to miss it. And again, if you're checking us out on the radio, thank you so much. We deeply appreciate it. But you're missing out on all the past shows and stuff that we can't say on the radio.
1: All the swearing. Also. And we have some incredibly inventive swearing. Like... <laughs> Dara said something last week, and I hadn't even heard of it before. And the next thing, we got a letter from the UN sanction- <laughs> sanctioning us because of Dara's invented swear word. So you got to get on the podcast.
2: You absolutely do, and it's all free. There's no paywall. Um, you can go over and check it out. But if you do want to help us out, we have our Patreon. So you can go over to uh, the and get all the shows, and also our Patreon content. To give us an expac euro, you know, if you like to, see, if if you want to hear, um. If you like what you hear, if you want to hear the the Mark Madden scale and and the the Katie Vick scale, all of that stuff, it's all funded yeah, by Patreon. <laughs> and of course, again, if you if you don't want to do that, please spread the word about the radio show and the podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out on Phoenix ninety two point five FM. We'll be back next week. To talk about more nonsense from about twenty years ago here on the Wrestling Rewind. Bye, guys. you have nothing else to do on a Saturday? Do you like nerd things? Now so check out Nerd to Know Bases here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to media.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. All right, everybody. beat. i was a over a fucking Sin you were watching with some of weren't you? Yes, oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, I different and, uh,
1: and the different variations on the... I, I was actually really impressed when he would jump into the ring until I found out that there should be a, wee, uh, a trampoline. Yeah. And that
2: they always record his place. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Alright, here we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Wrestling Rewind. This is the exclusive uh, podcast only where we can swear and say things that we can't on the radio for obvious reasons. And Martin, we were referencing something that happened on the show around this point. So, you know, the show had gotten much more safe. Uh, Jerry, the King Lawler, wasn't really king at this point. He was a husk of a former man. Um, But there was one point. (laughs) There was one point out of this match when Lita has won. And she's celebrating. And uh, actually, no sorry, it, it's later on. It's much later on. It's when um, the tag the tag team titles change hands, and um, Rick Roddy, and Raddy Roddy Piper, Piper win. Per... Yeah, they win. And, and Rod... sorry, go on.
1: No, no. Um, yeah, but well, do you want to do it now or do you want
2: to? No, I'll do um, it now because because we yeah. promised we would. <laughs> okay. So yeah, and basically they win and King says, Do you think we're going
1: So Ric Flair and Roddy Piper win. Yeah. Uh, and then the Spirit Squad attack them. So yep. then Dusty Rhodes and Sergeant Slaughter come running down to the ring. Yep. Right? Yeah. So you've got Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, Dusty Rhodes, Sergeant Slaughter, a combined age in the ring of about 250. <laughs> and <laughs> and King says well, I hope these guys don't celebrate with a live sex show.
2: <laughs> and then Jr says, "What?" And then Jr says, "Not everything's about live sex, King." <laughs> live, live sex, live sex. <laughs> Not
1: everything's about live sex. <laughs> Which is like, what's he so talking about? And what's What's worse is that um, and I know, I know, Osw have have done a segment on this before but it's so true roddy piper is wearing black trunks and black boots but no knee pads and there is something about a wrestler wearing trunks and boots with no knee pads that makes them look even more naked than it if they does. were
2: actually naked it really does It's just yeah that's a very good point that's a very very good point
1: like there's there's parts of this where Roddy Piper is knocked down on the ground and he sits up and he's sat up and his belly's hanging over <laughs> his his black trunks and he's got his booties on down the bottom and he looks like a six-foot toddler. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the most bizarre. And, and I don't even get it, like... So, from an aesthetic point of view, it's just mental because you just look bizarre. But, like, he's a queer age at this stage. You'd think you'd want to protect your knees. <laughs> like i I I think i was wrestling in my early 30s and they were telling me uh lad you're gonna you're gonna want knee pads like
2: i'll be honest with you i you know obviously i haven't wrestled but i i wear shin guards now and they protect my knees as well best thing in the world it's great i don't know why you wouldn't wear them oh yeah makes no sense and especially just the fact that they make you look so like take stone cold steve austin Right. He looks so. Yeah. The, 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 he, more, the more the more stuff was added to his knees, the better he looked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Looked like Bionic by the end of it. But if you take Stone Cold Steve Austin, the most famous wrestler, I mean, next to Hogan, they're probably 50 50. But
0: one yeah, of the easy. most
1: famous wrestlers ever. Right. Yeah. You take his knee pads off him. He is not getting in the front door. No, no, just would look <laughs> like
2: a giant nude baby. I I think it's because they look, yeah, as you said, more naked than if they were naked. That's probably what it is, and I think it's just it's, because like it looks like you've caught some lad in his jocks. Like,
1: yeah, he's he's gotten up in the middle of the night and he's he he wants to run to the toilet, but he doesn't want to get fully dressed. Yeah, that's you know. what it is. Yeah, so he pulls the he pulls the socks and the cacks on and, <laughs> and makes makes a run for it and hopes you know hopes uh, nobody's out in the hallway.
2: Yeah, but and, I mean, that, I was, you know, that's something that I'm glad I didn't notice beforehand.
1: Well, that's... OS, so, and again, I have to admit, we can't take credit for this, but it just brought it to mind. OSW did this whole section on wrestlers who look even more naked when they're not wearing knee pads, and it's a genuinely bizarre phenomenon. Like, it, he, honest might... to God,
2: Like, just going back here, right? Ric Flair doesn't even have the knee pads on correctly. Yeah.
1: He's like halfway down his leg. Yeah. He has them. They're basically sitting on top of his boots. Yeah. But he still looks like a dressed wrestler. That's very cool. Compared to, and he's actually wearing the exact same thing as Piper, just wearing black trunks and black boots. But because he has the knee pad, he doesn't look like he's, you know, running around the, the local park. Flashing, but, that's, but flashing that's what it looks like. It looks, like. it
2: looks like Piper has been let loose from somewhere, yeah. Or he's escaped. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks to derail... read, but
1: it's, it's genuinely it's, bizarre that the knee pads are such a key thing,
2: they are like he looks genuinely disheveled. Like
1: it's it's a strange <laughs> so thank god we're on the podcast because I have this theory, right? Okay about nudity on television
2: oh my god okay i'm so glad (laughs) it's on the podcast
1: and and what television censors declare is and isn't nudity okay so pretty much all of the tit is fine except the nipple
2: oh my god for for whatever reason (laughs) i mean i'm not i'm not disagreeing with you but i'm just like i'm so glad we went to break (laughs) i would have to cut
1: this all out (laughs) If you watch like yeah, like Baywatch or, or anything like that, they're showing there's a lot of side boob, there's a lot of under boob. It's sensors the, the nipple is what really annoys them, right? Yeah. And it's the same with arches. The the cheeks of the arse are fair play. You can show them on telly all day. It's the it's the, the bum hole is <laughs> is <laughs> is what really upsets the censors. So you can show the cheeks all day, but you can't show the bum hole So my
2: oh god, my that needs theory... to be a shirt. It needs to be a shirt. You can't show the bum hole.
1: So but here's the thing my theory is then that if you went on television in the middle of the day, completely nude, and they only showed you from behind, as long as you had a butt plug in, you would be dressed you would be dressed for television so that's my theory I just thought <laughs> I'd share that with that. you that on that our going... on our wrestling podcast
2: I'm just gonna folks if you have your your thoughts and opinions on that please send them to Martin on Twitter um yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh send us, an x, send us an x Euro and you never know you might you might get a picture of one of us dressed for television
2: no you won't <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm not going to lie to the people, Martin. <laughs> you don't know what I'd do after a few drinks. No, that's fair. That's fair. You might get one of Martin. That's fair. Um, no. Okay. Did you see at the end of this match the sign in the crowd? No. Which one? Someone thanks Rob Conway. <laughs> There's a sign thanking <laughs> Rob Conway. Yeah. It's- I actually did see. What is that about? I have no idea. Who is he? Rob Conway. The um discount, Buff Bagwell. Oh right, right,
1: yeah. God, do you know who I bet you that was? Who? I bet, I bet you that was Buff Bagwell.
2: <laughs> for thanks for stealing my gimmick. Yeah, I bet it was
1: like a real like passive aggressive. Like, do you remember in the U.S. Republicans got really like passive aggressive after Obama won the election? So like anything that happened them. Say they woke up in the middle of the night and they banged their toe on the table. They tweeted and they'd be like, bang my toe on the table in the middle of the night." Thanks, Obama. I bet you that was buffed. Oh, that's going. where
2: I came from. Oh, oh, okay. Thanks,
1: Rob Conway. Thanks for <laughs> stealing my gimmick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so look, after this. um So yeah, well, hold, sorry.
1: Go hold on. on before we go because we kind of we kind of jumped into the end of this.
2: We did. Okay, yeah. sorry. Let, let, me, let me go back. So, Ric Flair um, was challenging the Spirit Squad, um, Kenny and Mikey specifically, for the World Tag Team Championship. And he was uh, tasked to pick from Dusty Rhodes, Sgt. Slaughter, and Roddy Piper. So, Roddy Piper won, and they would um, win the tag belts. With, with help from Dusty N- and meant... Sardin's Slaughter.
1: No, no. Dusty and Sardin's Slaughter only came out at the end uh, when the Spirit Squad jumped them after the match.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. But they did a little Rick... dance and celebrate. So... Well, they did all that. But, but yeah,
1: this is what's this so mental. Ric Flair and Roddy Piper, clean, won the World Tag Titles.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, dude, the Spirit, the Spirit Squad were not over. They were hated. So like, I
1: actually have I actually have a couple of different so my, my notes for this whole show are like sparse, but okay. this this match is the only section where I actually have loads of stuff I want to talk about. Okay, I'm gonna give am gonna so, give uh, you the floor. Okay, well, but, but, me but me like we do we do a back and forth on that we will. Yeah, but, but I'm gonna I'm gonna, so gonna give you the floor thing,
2: and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you lead this one. Right, go on.
1: Okay, okay. So the first thing was Rick Flair and Roddy Piper winning the tag titles. That's mental. Um... <laughs> I think maybe they were. I think maybe they were thinking that uh, Dusty Rhodes would get the vote because he actually looked to be in pretty good shape.
2: Yeah, he um, was still working. He was working with them.
1: He was working. He was still when, working. And when he came out doing the doing the shake, rattle and roll at the end, and the um, you know beating up the Spirit Squad at the end, he was like bouncing about the ring, in really good shape. Roddy Piper, man, as much as I love him, he is like genuinely one of my all-time favorites and I mean from way back like from his Wrestlemania matches with Bret, oh he's he's not in good shape here Um, and I looked up what happened because I was like this is mental, like they couldn't have held the titles for long they dropped the titles two weeks later but they were actually supposed to hold them for longer, they, they dropped were. the titles two weeks later because Piper was diagnosed with cancer, he was and he had uh, no. He obviously beat it because he, he he lived for another ten years. So fair play to the hot rod. Um. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and I actually I wanted to ask you about it more than talk about it, because I get big, um, mean street posse vibes off the Spirit Squad. I oh, can't no. believe they weren't more over.
2: They're so. They're such yeah okay this, this is complicatedable yeah this is complicated um Th- this it, it, would have been this would have been an
1: amazing faction like an amazing heel faction
2: it was, but the problem well, it's it is complicated, and there are videos on youtube and stuff that kind of go into it basically
1: well, so a couple of weeks later the isn't this the thing where they were put in a box
2: and saying yeah and OVW? sent back to WWE. yeah like but the problem was like they were they were instantly hated. Everybody hated, them, right? And the and the were okay. It's a combination of they were hated, but it wasn't like I want to see it beat. It was I want to see it gone away, right? So there was no. It wasn't like the mean Street posse where you're like, ah, oh, the lads, you know, look at them there, <laughs> you know, there. And they were so paint by the numbers um, that there was no real way they could shine and then also there was still a fair amount of their male cheerleaders but this is like you know so that kind of speaks for itself at the time as well you have to use a bit of you know read between the lines here they, they were this, never this is, why
1: this is why i'm so confused here because okay so like i say i wasn't watching around this time this yeah, i was is my is my only experience i Spurs was and it, was, so far. it was
2: the worst. It Was ter- this era? Were, really were they very terrible. bad
1: in the ring? No, or... dude,
2: uh, fucking Dolph Ziggler's there.
1: Oh, so, so here you see when they they uh first came out,
2: yeah,
1: and and their music starts with Kenny, yeah, rap. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is brilliant. This is brilliant heel stuff. This reminds me of um, three counts. Three, that's exactly. Yeah, the yep. WCW guys who used to dance down to the ring. And...
2: But the difference between the difference between the Spirit Squad and Tree Count is, it wasn't mean spirited. Tree Count were, unironically great, and they'd go in and have absolute bangers. There's not one good match that the Spirit Squad actually had. And like, but and I mean that
1: is that booking or is that
2: on them no it was just it was kind of a mixture of both like they had some good lads in there i think one of was a professional mma fighter now as well but it was like the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong place so in right. the attitude in the attitude era this actually would have been it, it would have been a lot more extreme uh probably would have been laced with words that we can't repeat anymore <laughs> Faintly homophobic stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it was it was like that anyway, but it would have been even more, you know, in your face then. But at the same time, specific characters would have been able to shine through and they would have had a big match at the end. What happened here with the Spirit Squad was you couldn't tell them apart pretty much on purpose except for, oh, one of them was really bad. Like, I think it's Nicky or whatever was really bad and the rest of them, you know, kind of went along with it. But the real problem, not Nicky, Kenny or Mikey, I don't, don't know which one. Nicky was uh, Nick Nemeth, who is was uh, Dolph Ziggler. Um, yeah. Basically, there was that, and then there was the fans just wanted them to go away, and then there was the feud with DX, who completely killed them. They got destroyed by Vince McMahon as well, by, by associating with Vince McMahon. And they were gone within a year. So, it's- It's just, it's just, uh, no, I I looked
1: it up. They were gone within like two
2: months. That's what I'm saying. Like within the uh, year, within the year, all traces of them were completely gone. It wasn't like they came back, they were gone. However, however, there's a caveat here. In late 2016, Mikey and Kenny returned to the WWE to feud Dolph Ziggler.
1: Ah, and did they they reference their Spirit Squad history?
2: Yeah, no, they they showed up to like to tease them because um there was a feud that Dolph Ziggler was having with the Miz.
1: Well, my, I'm like so again. I'm speaking purely objectively here. I was not watching the product at the time. I had never seen this pay per view before, but these guys came out, and I said that. So I i would obviously I've been aware of what happened to them in terms of DX beating them up and putting yeah. them in a box and you know doing the old like uh, like shoot gimmicks, send them back to OVW or whatever. But uh like from a purely objective standpoint as a viewer, whenever they came out, I was like, This this is this is an amazing heel faction. Like I well, could thing. hate these guys for years.
2: So Kenny and Mikey, who were the team in the match they would actually go on through the indies and they are actually in the house of hardcore as well they feuded with tommy dreamer and the sandman so i mean they knew what they were doing they also uh, uh, challenged the books in ring of honor so i mean they are still out there but I, yeah it, but I, it, I mean
1: i mean specifically the spirit squad specifically in WWE. like i say i haven't watched no, the period they're but still am... doing
2: that gimmick that's what the squad is. It's Kenny and, uh, it's Kenny and Mikey. Right.
1: They're doing, they're
2: they're doing the gimmick now.
1: Right, right. Well, well, I gotta say I was genuinely surprised. I thought that there was a lot like mean street posse and a lot like, uh, three count. I thought there was so much potential there for absolute heel nonsense. Um, Yeah. You know, uh, the other thing that i liked about this match was look i know it's cheap i know it's a shortcut but uh it's hard to beat some like um kind of feel good nostalgia you know and when you have roddy piper in there when you have dusty Rhodes coming down and to the ring and doing the business and even sergeant slaughter showing up like like i this was probably the only uh part of the pay-per-view where I forgot I was reviewing a pay-per-view and just, like, just sat and enjoyed it.
2: Enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. That's totally fair. Like, and I mean, that's why people vote for who they vote for. They vote for nostalgia. And nostalgia is it's very powerful, man. You know, and, and that's what people got. So, uh, what was it? The but next... no
1: live sex celebration. <laughs>
2: no, no. No live sex celebration. Not, not on. Well, there was actually on Raw. <laughs> There actually was when um, Edge won. He, they did have a live sex celebration.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's, but, that's a, a whole other.
2: That's a whole <laughs> other thing. So do you the think main... Maybe that's what Piper was expecting. And that's why he showed up nude. <laughs> <lewd. laughs> so the main event was actually, this is cool. They, they should bring this back. Because, I mean, this genuinely was actually quite a cool thing. Um, a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship but we didn't know which one was it the big gold belt the World Heavyweight Championship the WWE Championship or the newly crowned ECW World Heavyweight Championship King Booker being your world champion uh, Big Show being your ECW champion and John Cena being unfortunately the WWE Champion for longer than I'd like to admit um, because I have to relive that
1: we talked earlier in the night about how uh, uh, one of the good things about this show was the backstage segments. Yes. And there was a great segment prior to this match where Bucker T goes to see John Cena and he says uh, look, we're two legitimate world champions. We can't have either of our world titles going to going to that sloppy ECW show. Yeah. So what about we have a, a pact, like if it's one of our titles is up me and you will deal with the big show we'll get him out of there and then me and you'll go toe to toe and we'll have a straight up match yeah and cena goes all right but uh i have a i have a stipulation i want one night with queen charmel <laughs> and bucker <laughs> throws her he says that's it i'm i'm going to handle this he's he's saying to charmel Let's, she obviously flays off the handle. He's like, I'll handle this. I'll I'll give him the business. I'll tell him he can't have my queen. Go on, you go out into the hall there. Down, down <laughs> it's like, God damn it, Cena, how are you? And then he like, uh, just one night. All right, man. Okay, you can have one. <laughs> <laughs> just stop. Uh, if they hadn't left it at that, I thought that would have been genuinely hilarious. But as you say, because we're in the Super Cena era, then Cena had to be like, oh, man, I was only testing you. I would yeah. never do that. But, and he kind of ruined it a wee bit at the end, but yeah. I, I still enjoyed this <laughs> this wee skit.
2: No, that's fair. That's fair. The match itself, um, I thought it was pretty interesting, actually. I, again, I wasn't expecting Booker to to get picked. I thought it, they would have just went Cena because it's the biggest belt, but it uh, the, was the, the, the real world championship, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was cool to have this, like, interpromotional match with Stakes. They never really, they never do that, you know. They, and particularly now, they really don't do it. But they, they didn't do this on a on a raw specific pay per view. So, what yeah. did you make it up? Well,
1: it's actually, yeah. It's just interesting what you said. It reminded me of it is, this is, uh, I think, core to the issue I have with WWE pay per views nowadays. Uh, so at this time, WWE were running in 2006. They ran 14 pay-per-views that year, and in the November to December period, they had uh, this show. They had Survivor Series. They had December to Dismember. Oh yeah, and then they, that was this year wasn't it? They had something in early January. Then so there was there was a period of like eight weeks where there was three pay-per-views so I think one of the things and I know people have divided views on it but one of the things I like about AEW is that they only have the four pay-per-views a year five now if you include Forbidden Door but Mm -hmm. those pay-per-views all build up to like a major storyline and then there's there's a payoff, like it's a huge deal whereas because WWE has, you know, they've got their all their monthly pay-per-views. Then they've got their, uh, you know, their Saudi shows. They have to do however many Saudi shows a year. Um, you know, they end up with it's still averaging out at more than twelve pay-per-views a year. Yeah. And I think the reason that that one of the major problems I have with their product is that because they're always building, there's never a payoff. So like the thing with Cody at WrestleMania that was built for a year and mm. Wrestlemania was the payoff but because they're still making you know the, the bloodline still really popular they're still making money out of the bloodline and you have to have Roman on top for the sale and all that so they use Wrestlemania as a build to something else and then whatever it'll be will yeah. be build to something else everything's constantly building but mm. nothing has ever paid off and I find it really frustrating to watch and it's uh, it's around this time when that type of booking really kicks off because they have so many pay-per-views that the current pay-per-view isn't isn't a payoff isn't a you know like the end of the story the start of a new story written. the current pay-per-view is really only there to promote the next pay-per-view so yeah. it's constant promotion constant build But never any payoff, and I think this is the era when that really started.
2: I will be honest with you, though. There is a phenomenal match. Like actually, Armageddon two thousand six. We should probably we'll watch it next week. Actually, as a little bit of a break, because yeah, sure. Oh, I'm not. Do you know anything about it? Um. So I have. Whenever
1: I got back into wrestling, I went to CEX and bought a load of just whatever random dvds i could get for you know 50 cent
2: um
1: (laughs) and a couple of them are armageddon i'm not sure which ones i have but what i do remember kind of relating to what we were talking about earlier is that they tend to have a really cool physical set
2: okay good keep it at that do not look up anything about it because um yeah armageddon 2006 it's uh it's very good it's very good, and it's a SmackDown only pay-per-view, and we have. Re- and I think because we're in this timeline, it would be remiss to not kind of see what SmackDown was like. But then also, we're gonna treat ourselves because there's actually some. <laughs> it's a good show. It's a good yeah. show. great so, uh, Yeah, yeah great we'll call do. That. I think we'll do that if that's okay with you. Yeah, hundred uh, um, percent. But but so, so do not look up anything about it though. Look I <laughs> Just go in, go in blind And that's my voice. I won't
1: I'll tell you The only thing I'll do is I'll see if it's one of the DVDs I have here But I, okay. yeah I won't um, But folks, yeah
2: after, so Sorry one back second to, One second no, Folks if you're listening to this And you're like you're, you're googling it now Don't Go in and watch it blind <laughs> I swear You'll have more fun Going in blind Oh I'm really looking forward to this now <laughs> <laughs> When it happens You'll know what I'm talking about Like right, go on uh, so back to this match. Um,
1: like you say, good, good concept. Uh, I mean, I didn't have the highest hopes hopes for the match. I really like yeah. Booker T. Uh,
2: He's great, and this is his proper run. This is his like. This made him a Hall of Famer. This run
1: is this. Is this the apology for the the Triple H WrestleMania?
2: No, see, debacle? see, think about it. So he's over. So a couple of the lads um, are over from SmackDown, which is why it feels more like a pay-per-view because it's not as hollow as it would be just Raw only. Yeah. Um, and he, he he's kind of ruling the roost over on SmackDown. So SmackDown is really Booker T's show. I do, I do like this King King Booker. Gimmick. Oh, it's brilliant. He's, yeah, it's very good. He's, he's very, very good. good. Like
1: the wrong person could have easily made it like really difficult to watch and really brought yeah. the show down but he's, yeah, he's very good at it now
2: um, that 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 run specifically that's his hall of fame run that's why he's in the hall of fame yeah god and, <laughs> and, 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 and you can say oh we, should we? no it doesn't that's not what anybody remembers they remember this <laughs> so we, we say you
1: know. I, it probably depends on your age like for me booker t is harlem heat and and WCW, his break. Uh, true, true. But I mean, it,
2: but I mean, like, if you are yeah, watching th- his full run, yeah, this is this is it, you know. And I, look, I'm a big WCW fan. We loved Harlem Heat. We really liked him in WCW as well. But what got him in the WWE Hall of Fame
1: was was this? Was this? Well, well, uh, here's what I'll say. From he is the only one in this match who I had any faith in as a worker. Right. So Cena has his his five moves, and he he can be hit or miss. He can have a really good night or a really bad night. Yeah. Same with Big Show. You never really know what you're going to get. Yeah. Big um, Show
2: was was very overweight at this point as well. Uh, actually, he he'd be gone very very soon, back to uh to OVW as well to deal with his weight. Because yeah yeah the whole thing join, join the spirit squad. The ECW debacle um he he wasn't blamed for it but his weight was out of control at this point so they would actually get rid of him uh fairly soon into 2007 yeah Um,
1: so the match was fine again it was um
2: until the end
1: well it was okay up until the end it was kind of (laughs) yeah
2: it was it actually was very good
1: up until literally the last Parts of yeah, yeah. So it 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 built up, and parts of it were good. Parts of it were uh, kind of dull plotting stuff. Um, But up until the end, it it kind of was in in step with the rest of the show, which just kind of felt like a very average episode of
2: Raw. Yeah. But then the end happened. (laughs) So, so okay. For context, do you know who this guy is? I had to Google him afterwards. I was okay.
1: so confused. But what I will say is, because I Googled him afterwards, and uh, yeah, he's, he's not particularly well-liked. And what I will say is, he showed up, he was on screen for five seconds. I had no idea who he was. Yeah. And I was like, I do not like you. <laughs> I don't like you.
0: Yeah. If,
1: if I was driving down the road and it was lashing rain, no, never mind. If it was lashing lava um, and <laughs> saw you saw you walking down the road, I wouldn't stop for you in my car. It's just the most unlikable person.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I, look, so for anyone who doesn't know, and it does actually, because obviously we're, we're watching, you know, from 1999 and the show is kind of dated in and of itself sometimes. This really dates the show because this guy, he's famous for two, he's famous for one thing tricking Britney Spears into marrying him for like a week and a half or something like that. So he's, he's Britney Spears, ex-husband. of If you can believe that he was a backup dancer and believe it or not, he was actually on raw a lot at this point. I think he challenged Cena at one point for the belt on raw. Uh, I've tried, I tried to block most of that period of <laughs> my life, um, no watching wrestling. Cause it was as bad as it sounds. Um, yeah. And he was on the show for ages, but man, so he's he's Kevin Federline. Kevin Feder- but, Federline. But, Federline. Yeah. But
1: whenever he comes out, I don't know if this is his rap name or whatever, whenever he comes out they call him K-Fed.
2: Oh I, yeah, I, and oh, I so, thought so him I and thought they said,
1: off. I thought they said the Fed and I was like <laughs> what is this is this like is this like some guy who's like uh, oh never mind this world wrestling entertainment stuff bring back the federation. <laughs>
2: No, him and Cena would have a wrap-off as well at one point. Because he was a rapper for like a week.
1: Well, he's walking around. The, so, uh, Cena has, oh my God, just the, the worst. Uh, the worst STFU on. I. So, there are some great wrestlers who have some blind spots. And my, my thing in wrestling has always been, I really find it noble when people are ambitious i I think I think a a good idea even if it doesn't really pay off well you know as long as you're trying to do something different, I think that's really noble but ultimately when it comes to wrestling, if you can't do something well, you just shouldn't do it at all. The rock shouldn't do a sharpshooter, and John Cena should not do the the s t u he yeah. He's so it just looks like, like whenever I'm cuddling Hannah at night, I put more force into it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know.
2: it's, it's, yeah, it's one of the worst, one of the worst, uh, submissions ever. And it never got better.
1: No, but it never it looks got better. Like, so it's a version of like the, the regal stretch. Like when regal would put that on, he looked like he was ripping guys in half. Like you, it's also kind of like a, uh, a sort of a modified uh cross-face crippler and man when benoit would slap that on you'd think he was gonna pull someone's head off yeah his scene is just really bad at it all he yeah. does is he folds their knee up and then he gently cuddles them
2: like it's Kurt Angle's to blame for this this was from a Kurt Angle feud where um they had a feud on Smackdown and Angle's like you don't know any submissions and then he wheels that out.
1: Oh but Jesus give him something he can't screw up but anyway so so um cena has bucker t down he's gently spooning him uh k K K fed comes out of nowhere and jumps into the ring and hits hits cena with the belt uh cena gets up to chase off k fed and then Booker t grabs the belt and smacks Cena I have to it. say
2: I have to say that little uh, belt shot into Cena Fallen Over is actually great it, was, it actually it was, looked unreal
1: it was very good yeah it was it, it was, was very like, good. uh forceful but it was sneaky like it was but well, look Booker T
2: it was just really good it's, um, like the, it, it's actually the best belt shot or use of the belt I think I've ever actually seen in wrestling
1: but it's still and, weird because then he throws it out of the ring. Like like it's that would have been great in any other match. But yeah. But this is a triple threat. There's no There's no, there's DQ. no DQ. Yeah, so, that's
0: true.
2: Like and and hit, here's him, the thing. Hit, hit him with it twice more if you want. And here's the thing even if he did get disqualified the champion has advantage. So yes it's just, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't uh, matter. Get the disqualified sport. straight away.
1: What well, no? <laughs> yeah, it was just bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But also, I mean, I suppose they were doing it, obviously, to put over the fact that Cena wasn't really beat. But, yeah, yeah, it it just didn't make sense. Also, I was surprised. um, Cena full-on puts the F.U. on Charmel. Yeah. And in this era, very unusual to see a male wrestler actually hitting... uh, Uh, a woman either a woman wrestler or a woman valet or manager or anything
2: yeah yeah no well uh, charmel's foray into wrestling is a thing on of itself and i think she holds the record for the worst match of all time but that is a tna story (laughs) well i tell you
1: what she takes takes a hell of a bump here because cena really he really hoofs her over when he does the, (laughs) the FU.
2: Well, look. I mean, I I think that's a good point to leave it on because we, you know, we tried to well, dig out some positives on this. And well, you know, just sorry, right. go on. Just before we leave it there, so,
1: uh, Booker hits him with the belt, yes. covers him. We got the one, two, three. Bucker wins. So, even though you had your interactive thing, none of the belts actually change hands. Uh, does the celebration leaves, and then K Fed gets back in the ring. Yeah, and he's doing his his, you know, he's mocking Cena doing the hand over the face thing. And he does it to every corner of the ring. And it's just... The way he walks annoys me. The way he wears his trousers down around his arse, even though he's a skinny white guy, annoys me. The way he was... So he's he's grabbing his dick he's outside his jeans, right? <laughs> when he's walking around, he's, he's, he's grabbing... But he's not actually grabbing his dick. He's grabbing, like halfway down his leg and I'm looking and going, I know your dick's not that big. Like, why are you, why are you pretending this? Like, I didn't I, even
2: cop that part.
1: I don't believe that. He's like, yeah, he's walking around with his hand like just over his knee as if he's holding his, his lad. I I'm
2: thought gonna... his leg, I, I just thought his <laughs> knee was sore. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, what's so, happening? I, this,
1: so this is before I Googled him. I had no idea who this fellow was, but my God, I'm, I'm even more baffled now that, the Spirit Squad had go away.
2: he's and and this fellow didn't. Well, but he I, did. He did because I mean, like him, like those those segments on Raw were not good. They were no, not I, good. I, I,
1: apparently, he actually beat Cena.
2: He did. Oh well, there you go. I mean, I um, blocked that out. But <laughs> I don't. But, but, was it for the belt? <laughs>
1: no, no. It okay. was. Uh, I think it was. It was like a uh, non-title or it was interference or something. But what I will say is because I know you wanted to end on a positive note. So Go on. here's the positive note we can end on. I looked up this fella. Apparently he has one album. He's okay. released one and he was a, uh, the name, the album in the Jerry Lawler talks about the album. So this is obviously part of a promotional thing for his album. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is the worst rated album in history on metacritic it has the lowest score of any album <laughs> ever yes it is the only album <laughs> has ever produced and the oh, single no. the first single from the album was so bad that they actually withdrew it from the charts and later prints of the album didn't even have that single on it and i'm actually surprised there were even later prints of the album Because the album, worldwide, and this has taken 10 years after uh, after it came out. So this isn't like in the first week or the first month. This is ever, across the world, this guy's album sold 16,000 copies. Oh, So at least there's that, you know, that cheered me up a bit. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> playing with fire is the name of the album is it there you yeah. go it's considered to be one of the worst albums ever released oh are you, are you looking it up there yeah it's on wikipedia um, wow <laughs>
1: this fella look, has been outsold multiple times over by the wolf tones
2: but look didn't he give yes. it a good L try? and that's you know <laughs> oh well okay seven appearances apparently on Raw according God to yeah damn seven appearances,
1: and a win over the champion in the in the Cena wins lol era
2: yeah like deep into it oh. deep into it like at this time like just before the Cena is responsible for Eric Bischoff being released like in storyline and Chris Jericho being released i think i think people should realize why i hate John Cena so much i had to watch him get rid of bischoff had to watch him get rid of jericho had to watch him get rid of uh, triple h in person but this is
1: this is why right regardless of what you think of aw regardless of what you think of tony Khan, this is why they are an objectively good thing because wwe without competition is
2: yeah it turns fucking into this dreadful yeah it turns into this exactly and you're, you're right i mean it kind of picks up a little bit now. Two thousand and seven actually wasn't a bad year. Uh, two thousand and eight wasn't bad either. Start getting bad again, um, but like, you're right, you're you're spot on. And I mean, I think it'll be interesting now to see um, Armageddon. You know, a, a different slice of SmackDown because SmackDown was the superior show at this point, uh, if if memory serves. So it'll be funny. It'll be funny and interesting to see kind of how different that is, and then when we go back to Cyber Sunday two thousand seven. Um, if any improvements were made but Marion, I want to thank you so much um for coming on the show sir is there anything you want to plug before we finish up for tonight
1: no I just I love the uh, <laughs> I love the way we make up what we're going to do next week during this
2: <laughs> during the show <laughs> I mean guys we legitimately don't plan the show outside of no and a, even I mean, like our group chat me... is just memes and lulls like <laughs> Literally, like, me
1: and Dara and Dave, like, we'd be good friends, but, like, we don't discuss the show. The show no, and, like, we discuss our, everything else but the show. We talk to each other during the week, and it's all memes or taking the piss or yeah. whatever. And then about about quarter past ten, I'll get a text from Dara going, you good to go at half ten? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Um, so, yeah, genuinely looking forward to Armageddon Um and... Thoroughly enjoying this, even though most of it's terrible, I'm kind of enjoying this arc because it's a period of wrestling that I
2: hadn't seen. Yeah, and I mean, look, I it's kind of it, it's allowing me to relive some of it as well. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I I was more of a Raw fan than a SmackDown fan at the time, just because of the way I was watching wrestling. So it'll be interesting to go back and and watch and do a direct comparison as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. I really well, am.
1: The, the only other thing I'd say is if, if I am going to plug something is <clears throat> if I could speak for a moment directly to Kevin Costner. And I know you're a fan of the show, Kevin. I know there have been issues with you and your contract uh, regarding the, the final season of Yellowstone. I would urge you to please <laughs> get over whatever your issues are and get that thing recorded because i do not know what to do with my evenings <laughs> i
2: thought I, th- I thought you were making an appeal to kevin, Fed- kevin Federline for one reason i'm like and
1: kevin federline i know you're also a fan i know you're listening please <laughs> kill yourself oh
2: my god <laughs> well folks on on that note um i also tell you to go over to the um we need those x-pack euros the shows did not record themselves um bandwidth yeah. expensive and uh, yeah, I mean, here's the thing: uh, everyone,
1: other... everyone who signs up gets a free copy of Playing with Fire.
2: I, I think they just give those out <laughs> like randomly. They're like, "Yeah, here, this, we have this." It's like somewhere in like the New Mexico desert, they just yeah. have a pit of those, and they're like, "Yeah, we we just can't get rid of them." Like, we'll
1: fi- we'll fish one out of the plastic island in the Atlantic Ocean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or let us know if you're a fan of Kevin Federline for some reason. I mean, one probably go get help and then two why uh, or, so, or
1: Kevin if you want to come on and oh, be we'd love abused to have you.
2: for an we'd love hour have, we'd love to have you on the show like what means. happens you know but um, no that's going to do it for this week folks thank you so much for listening in we'll be back next week where we're going to look at Armageddon 2006 uh, this is Wrestling Rewind see you later guys David Arquette